We're going to go ahead and jump into our, our message. We're still in the Sermon of the Mount. We're in week nine. Now, for those that are going, oh my goodness, uh, this has been a long series. Yeah, it has been. We're getting very close to finishing up. It's a couple more weeks after this week, and then we're going to be moving into a new series as we kind of hit into the fall. But uh, we have been walking on uh, the Sermon on the Mount. We're in week nine, uh, and we've been kind of understanding what Jesus wants his followers to be and do. Uh, and basically, again, as we've kind of talked about, as we kind of looked at this together, this is one of those passages of scripture, especially the one we're going to be talking about today, that's very well known, uh, but we really want to understand it a little bit deeper. We want to dive in a little bit deeper and really see what Jesus is wanting us to see. And so the subtitle kind of this section that we're going to be looking at uh, as we look at Matthew 6, 19 through 34 is a Christian's walk, which is learning where our security comes from. Security is a very big word, a buzzword that you hear a lot in our lives today. We want to have that security. We want to have that. We need to figure out what Jesus sees is where that actually comes from, because if we find it in other things, we're going to find that it's not going to be as fulfilling and as hopeful and as what we need as people. So we're going to look at this together, and we're going to start by just looking and jumping right into our text this morning, which again is starting in Matthew 6, 19. We're going to go through the text as we go through the notes, and so we're not going to read the text all in its entirety immediately. We'll kind of go with it as we go. So let's pray, and then we'll jump in. Father, we love you you. And Father, I need you right now. God, I need your help to communicate in the way that you would want me to communicate. That Father, my words would cease and that your words would start because my words really don't carry a a lot of weight. They don't change things. But Father, your words change everything. And so Father, I pray that you would open our hearts to what you desire for us to see and learn and understand. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before we jump into point one, which is going to be up there in just a second, I want to remind you of something, okay? As we've gone through this, and especially here, Jesus is building, okay? I know this is week nine, and so it's kind of tough to remember that Jesus taught all these things in a very short amount of time, and so all these hearers are hearing all of these things together. And some of you, maybe this is your first time with us, or, or you've missed a couple weeks or whatever it might be, and so So you're kind of like, oh my goodness, remember, Jesus has been teaching this and he's building upon it. So when we, as we even go into this portion of scripture, Jesus is going to build as he goes until we get to the last part or the last section of it where he kind of ties it all up, okay, and ties it all in. So let's remember that as we go, that Jesus is not just teaching this in points, as it were, he's actually teaching it as a teaching. And so it's kind of just flowing one after another and they're building upon each other so that Jesus can help us understand a great understanding understanding in a great truth. So the first thing we're going to look at as he begins this is this understanding that Jesus is going to give us the choice between between two treasures. The choice between two treasures. Now look at Matthew 6 verse 19 starting there and we're going to read to verse 21. Jesus says, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is... There your heart will be also. Um, we, 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 we've been here almost, it'll be two years, amazingly enough. We'll be here two years in October. And, and one of the things that we've experienced over this time is, is the, the horrible thing. I just, I, I, I don't like this at all. I do not like moving. 
Moving and me do not get along, okay? I like to kind of get in a place and stay in a place and be there and things like that. And I remember we were moving a couple of, uh, uh, almost a year ago, actually, this time of year. And, and so we're kind of packing up the rental where we were staying. We're moving into a permanent place. And, and so we're kind of getting everything packed up and getting ready to move. And I remember I go into my son's room, and he has this green little box. And I'm like, Easton, what, what's the box? So I'm thinking... This box could be thrown away. You know, like I'm, I'm, the purge can happen at this moment, you know, because I'm thinking we're having to take all these things and I don't want to carry all these things up the stairs and things like that. So the purge can happen. Easton, what's in the box? And he kind of grabs it and he holds it close. He goes, This is my, this is, uh, this is a special box. And I'm going, Son, it, it, let's see what's in the box. You know, I mean, do you have something alive in there? What are you hiding from me? What's in the box? You know, and so he opens the box. Inside the box, there is a menagerie of many, many different items. There are rocks. There are used gift cards. Like, used gift cards. There is somewhat trash items. I mean, you know, I mean, literally trash. Things that you would take and throw them away. And he has all these things in his box. And I said, Easton... What, what, why, 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 why do you have this box? And he grabs it. He goes, he starts pulling stuff out of the boxes. And he goes, he goes, Dad, do you know what this is? I said, Easton, it's a rock. No, no, no. No, Dad, this is a Kansas City rock. I said, son, what do you mean a Kansas City? I got this from Grammy and Granddad's house. And he puts it back. He goes, do you know what this is? Son, it's a used Starbucks gift card. No, no, no. Look at the picture on it. I said, son, there's leaves. I know. It's fall, and I like fall. And he put it in the box. And he began to pull out every little item. And I realized something. These were his treasures. This was his treasure box. This was so important to him because these were treasures. Now, here's the thing. These things were worth nothing. They weren't worth anything. And here I am as the father looking at my child and saying, Son, son, look, these are treasures, but they're not really treasures. Now, here's Jesus, and he's having this discussion. He's saying, listen, don't stir up for yourself treasures. Now, here's the interesting thing. I think it's very cool that you check this out and notice this. Jesus doesn't say that your things that you're gathering, the heavenly things, aren't treasures. Okay? He calls treasures on earth, and then he talks about treasures in heaven. So basically, we have to understand this, because a lot of times what we, the problem that we have is we, we look at people and we go, the things you are holding on to in your box aren't treasures, but the problem is we think they are. We think they're very valuable and very special. And here's the thing what I did. I took my son, and I put him on my lap, and I said, son, these are very, very important things to you. And there's no problem with you keeping them. But the real treasure is not a rock that comes from Grammy and Granddad's house. The real treasure is being able to be with Grammy and Granddad at their house to get the said rock. Jesus here is helping us really understand what treasures are. He's helping us understand that there's treasures that are going to go away, that are going to rust and be destroyed, and there's treasures that are going to last forever and get better and better with time. And it's interesting here because Jesus in his love and his kindness doesn't look at us and say, seriously, you got Starbucks gift cards, dude. They don't have anything in them. What's wrong with you? He doesn't. 
He kind of picks us up and he goes, look, you're taking yourself and you've got to choose what treasure is most important. Because to us, they seem very valuable. But they're not. Okay? Now you may go, well, 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 but that meant something to Easton. Yeah, I know it did. But me as a father, I want to help him to understand that there are greater treasures that God has for us. More than just a rock. More than just something, but something greater. And Jesus is doing that here with us. He's saying, look, I know that you see things as treasures. I know that you want to gather all these things to yourself and think, oh my goodness. He says, but listen, when you do that, you need to understand what's going to happen to them. There's something greater that you need to be storing up for yourself and we have to choose what's more important and we have to choose which one we're going to seek the most and Jesus here says you got to make a choice and not only does he give us that choice but then he begins to help us understand why the right choice is the choice that comes from the things that are heavenly treasures because the other things they're going to break they're going to be stolen they're going to be lost But the heavenly treasures that he wants us to store and hold on to, those are going to be things that are going to be continually growing and continually held and continually used. And it's so important that we catch that. Because here's the deal, and here's what we need to understand, because he finishes it up with verse 21. He wants us to get this. He says, because listen, because where your treasure is, it's where your heart is. You know, I've, had, I've, I've talked on this and, ta- and, and we've had these discussions with people and things like that. And, and here's the deal, because we always get to this point and we go, okay, well, how do I know necessarily what's a heavenly treasure and what's an earthly treasure? How do I know if I'm focusing on the right treasures? Listen, the question's simple. Where's your heart? Where's your, what are you seeking after? What seems to be the most important thing to you? What do you spend the most time pursuing? There's where your heart is. So not only does Jesus help us to see these choices and helps us to see what the choices are and the better of the choices, he also helps us to see and be able to understand to us, for us to figure out where our heart is and what we're seeking. Next, Jesus moves on and he goes on and talks about the choice between two visions. Two visions, okay? Let's look and pick it up here in Matthew 22. It says this, The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness. So now Jesus moves on to this idea of vision and this idea of seeing things. And remember, we have to build here, okay? Jesus has just talked about treasures. He's just talked about where those things are and what our focus is. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But basically now Jesus begins to build and he begins to say, hey, where are your eyes? Where are you focused on? What are you looking at? What is your heart seeing and where is that at? And I think what we have to understand here is when our eyes are directed and focused on heavenly things, we're able to see clearly and and move clearly with purpose and direction given by God. But when we're focused on earthly things, our eyes can get a little blurry. And they can get a little problematic. And we can have a hard time seeing. Okay, some of you know this, some of you don't. I wear contacts, okay? I, I have glasses at home. If, if my eyes are really, really bothering me, maybe one Sunday you'll see me wear my glasses. But not, not often, okay? So I wear my, my contacts. Now, if, if I take my contacts out... I'm okay close up, but far away, I can't see a thing, okay? 
And what Jesus here is saying is sometimes what we tend to do in our spiritual walk with him is when we begin to focus on things other than him and other than the heavenly things that he wants us to do, our vision gets a little blurry. We have a hard time focusing in and seeing. Hey, listen, think about the world that we live in today. What an unbelievable understanding to hear Jesus say, hey, listen, I think one of the issues that we're having as a society is people aren't looking at the right things, and so they're kind of walking around semi-spiritually blind. We're kind of doing this. Now, I know I'm headed kind of in the right direction, but I'm not sure. And when we're focused on the things in our vision, we're not maybe going the direction that God wants us to go because we can't see clearly. We can't see as clearly as he might want us to see. And so he's asking us, hey, listen, depending on what you're focused in on, depending on what your vision is on, it's going to affect everything. In this idea of the eyes and things like that, in scripture, the eyes kind of also kind of connect the heart and all these things are kind of going together here. And there's a connection here and here and what's going out here and things of that nature. And basically, like in Psalms, it talks about that in 119. And we understand that this idea that that not that the eyes are the window to the soul, as it were, but that basically how we are focused and what we're seeing and what we're moving towards can matter. And it's important that we understand that as we move towards something that we We're able to move towards it clearly and see it clearly because our eyes are focused on the right things. I want you to think about something with me. How often in a day, let's just give it a day, are your eyes truly focused on the right things? Because here's what happens. Here's here's how this... This circle kind of begins to happen. We, we begin to focus on the things that we shouldn't. And when that happens, we get a little blurry. And when we get a little blurry, we begin to move in areas and we begin to do things that we can't or shouldn't do because we can't see truly what we're doing. And here Jesus is looking and saying, hey, listen... What you focus in on, where your heart is, is important. And if you've got to understand that, that if we have good vision, we can see where we're going and the process and what God wants us to do. But let's be honest, a lot of us, a lot of times, are wandering around without our contacts or without our glasses in. And we can't quite understand why we have such a hard time seeing the big picture. You ever had that conversation with yourself? I don't understand why God, I don't understand how God, I don't understand this God, I don't understand, you know what we're having a problem with? We're kind of blurried up because we're so worried about the how and the why that we forgot that God's got us. And so our vision has gotten blurry. Spiritually speaking, sometimes we got to put those, those glasses on and those truths on to focus in on what God wants us to focus in on to help us. Next, number three, the choice between two masters. Two masters. Now, before we get into this, let's understand what Jesus is talking about here. He is literally talking about the, the relationship between slave and master, okay? He's not talking about, like, I've, I've heard this talked about and, and, and things like that. Oh, this, it's not employer uh, employee, 
okay? This is servant-master. This is a, a, a little bit more of a binding relationship, if you understand here, okay? So here's what he says. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now here's, we have to understand here what Jesus is saying, okay? He is not saying that this is possible at all. He's not saying you can do this. He's saying no one can serve two. Okay? That's pretty definite. That's not um, all the people that that have a birthday in, in June, July, or August. They can serve two masters, but everybody else, you got one. He's very clear here. He says you're going to only serve one. So here's a simple question. Easy. Ready? Who are you serving? Who are you serving? Who, as you look at your life, are you serving? And how can you figure that out? Quite simply, check this out. This is how you do it, okay? Which one are you sacrificing to? Which one are you sacrificing to? Because whoever you sacrifice to, that's the God you follow. Which one? I mean, we talked about this earlier, kind of as we've gone into some of this, this things. Jesus here is just laying it out, guys. I, and I like this. I, I like him just saying, hey, you can't do it. But we live our lives sometimes with that thought that I can do it. I can serve too. I can do both. The problem is, is you can't. And the problem is, is when we begin to focus on other things and we begin to let those treasures on earth begin to be our focus, we begin to serve those things and do those things and be a part of those things. And when we do that, we're losing and we're forgetting the things that matter and the things that Jesus says are the things that we should focus in on. Here it is. Who do you serve? Who do you sacrifice to? When you think about things, okay, let me, let me, let me ask you a question, okay, let's, let's kind of break this down simply, okay. Jesus has, has, has been very clear to us in, in some of the things that we've talked about earlier about the time that we need to be alone with our Father, okay. That's pretty simple, right? We should know that. As, as Christians, one of the things that we should do is daily, we should spend time with Jesus in prayer and in, in, in meditation and in, in, in reading the Word and all those things. Just spend time in His presence. That is important. Okay? And let me ask you a question. If the only time you had to do that okay, was at 6 o'clock in the morning. Now, maybe you're a morning person. If you are, I will pray for you. Okay? I am not a morning person. I like to sleep because that's wonderful. And if you said, okay, Aaron, you got to get up at 6. That's the only time in the day you're going to have time to be with Jesus. Would you do it? Now, this may be hitting a little below the belt, okay? I'm, I'm going to throw it out there just so you know. But I just, I want you to think about it. What if your boss called you tonight and said basically, hey, listen, uh, I need you to come in at 6 in the morning. Would you do it? Now, you go, well, that's not fair, Aaron. And you're right. I, and that's why I said I hit a little below the belt. And I understand that. But I say it so we understand sometimes what we're willing to sacrifice to. I'll sacrifice to keep my job. I'll sacrifice my family. I'll sacrifice those things to make sure I can do all these other things. But I won't sacrifice an hour of sleep or 30 minutes of sleep to spend time with Jesus. Now, I want you to remember that because we're going to get into something a little bit later here. 
Okay? But you can't serve two masters. You can't try to do both because if you do and you try, it, comes, it becomes a problem. When I was a kid, I had a pastor and he was kind of from central Missouri. And so he would say something like this a lot of times. He'd say, son, he said, it's probably not a real good idea for you to try to straddle the fence. Everybody get that? Do I need to explain that? Okay. But that's kind of what we do sometimes. We think we can do it. We think I can keep one, word, one foot here and one foot here. And Jesus is saying, no, that's not what you should be doing. That's not what I have for you. Number four, the choice between two focuses. Matthew 6, 25 through 32 says this. Therefore, I tell you. Now, let's stop there for a second because we got a therefore. Okay, when, 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 when there is a therefore, we have to figure out why it's. Therefore, that's right. So we're going to figure this out. So Jesus has now talked to us and he said, now considering all these things I've shared, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or, what, or about your body, what you will wear. It is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet our, your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. And so now Jesus is bringing us to this this understanding, almost this application point. He's saying, look, because you're laying up treasures in heaven, because you're focused on things that matter, that give us vision and clarity, because you are serving me, and because you are following after me, and I am your master, because of these things, therefore, because of these things, why are you so worried? Now, I, I, I know some of you know this. I am willing to admit it in front of everyone because I have so badly got to work on this. I am what is called, clinically called, a worry wart. Worry wart. It's in medical journals, I'm sure. I worry. Why? Why? I'll tell you probably why for me, okay? Here's why Aaron worries. Because Aaron doesn't do the first three things very well. Because a lot of times my vision isn't where it needs to be. Because I'm trying to serve two masters. Because I'm laying up treasures here on earth and not in heaven. And because of those things, I'm a worrier. And so I sit there and I go, oh my goodness, well, what about the church here? And what about this person here? And, and are we going to be able to pay this? And, and, and oh my goodness, school's starting. And, and, and Easton needs this and he needs that. And, and, and oh my goodness... I, I'm a worrier. I worry. And here's what's sad about that. That is not, and it's not supposed to be in the life of a Christ follower. Now, I'm not talking about responsibility. 
I'm talking about in my life what I like to call basically worry that basically comes from a place of not trusting God to take care of us. And I love that Jesus doesn't just say, don't worry. He gives us these unbelievable examples. These unbelievable examples that we can see on a daily basis, probably. He talks about the birds. He talks about the birds. He says, he goes, do you ever see the birds do all the things that you do and all that you worry about? Yet the Heavenly Father takes care of them. And then he goes even easier and even more simplistic. He goes, look at the grass. Look at the flowers. And then he says some beautiful words. He says... And you are so much more valuable than a bunch of birds and a bunch of grass. Isn't that beautiful? I love how Jesus does, oh my goodness, I love how Jesus does this. He kind of, he takes us on this path, he's taking us on this journey, and he's getting us there, and, and he knows our hearts, and he knows the human condition, because he's experiencing these things firsthand, and so he's, he's going through all these emotions, and he knows, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's you know, I call um, these on my forehead, you know what these are, you know, these things right here, these are my worry lines. Because my wife looks at me, she goes, she knows what I'm worrying because I frown my brow. And I'm like, oh, you know, these are my worry lines. And they just keep getting worse and worse and worse because I worry. And Jesus knows this. And so he's bringing us to this place where, listen, therefore, if you're doing all these things, you don't need to worry. You don't need to fret. And look, look at the birds. Look at the grass. You're so much more valuable than they are. And he takes care of those. You know what worry really is for me? If you really break it down, it's probably that I'm, I don't trust that Jesus really loves me enough to take care of me. Or my child, or my family. Friday night, my family went on a little bike ride, and I ride mountain bikes, and so I'm very comfortable on a bike. And I've had several um, crashes on my mountain bike. So I, I know what can happen when things go wrong. So we went on a, a bike ride. Em's on her bike. Easton's on his. I'm on mine. And we're on pavement. And, and I actually feel better like when we're on dirt you know, like that feels more home to me. But we were on pavement. We were on the, the bike path that kind of goes around. And, and um, I'll tell you what, it scared me half to death. Did Easton fall? Nope. But I worried like a crazy person that he would. And some of you may look at that and go, oh, well, you're just being a good dad. No, I wasn't. I was being a worry wart. I mean, I'm literally... Literally going on my bike, and I'm just literally praying. I'm like, Jesus, keep him safe, 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 keep him safe. <laughs> Jesus taught these things because they're real, because people deal with them. Because sometimes, as silly as it is, the grass that we were going by and the flowers that we were riding by and the birds that were flying by were taken care of by my father. And yet I wouldn't trust him to keep my son safe on a bike.
we all have to work on this. Because it can change everything when we really get to point five. Because now Jesus wraps it all up in a lot of ways. He makes it simple for for people like me who sometimes have a hard time with things. He basically says this, put God first and he will take care of the rest. Some of you, most of you know this scripture in Matthew 6, 33. It says this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. If I had one of those fancy schmancy laser pointers, I would point up at the screen and I would circle and underline and all, all, that word all, I would just be like, focus on it, look at it, see that, hold on to that, look at that, all these things will be given to you as well. And then Jesus, so Jesus takes one step further. Again, he gives us a therefore. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. So Jesus begins to wrap it all up. And for people like me that that tend to try to serve two masters and, and, and try to, to straddle the fence and try to kind of, kind of I, I want my treasures in heaven, but you know, I really like my treasures here on earth too. He basically looks at us and says, look, you put God first and he'll take care of the rest. Now I want you to stop, and sometimes we do this, and I want you to think. I really want you to think. Okay? How would your life be radically transformed if you just did that as a Christian that you just lived a life that says God I'm going to seek you your righteousness your heart I'm going to seek you and I'm going to let you take care of everything else wow be different how much more joy would we have how much more focus would we have on the things that truly matter how would everything be transformed and you go Aaron there is no way I can do this and I would totally wholeheartedly agree with you Jesus didn't say this because he looks at us and goes, you can do this on your own. He says these things because he knows we can't do it on our own. But with him, we can do all things. So don't start worrying about the fact that I can't stop worrying. Instead, let's focus on what we need to focus in on. Let's look at our Father and begin to focus in on Him. And you go, Aaron, but how? How do I do that? It takes time. It takes, it's a journey. It's a process that God is wanting to do in us as that transformation process takes place. But here's the thing. We've got to move towards this. We've got to be moving towards this situation because these are choices that you're going to make whether you realize it or not. You make them every day. And here, as Jesus is bringing these things to the forefront and bringing them up to our minds and bringing them up to our hearts, he's saying, listen, Aaron, what choice will you make this day? What choice will you do right now? What choice will you make in this moment? 
A lot of times what we do, which is so interesting because he ends it like this, is we worry about, I can't do it tomorrow. I can't do it the next day. Jesus doesn't ask you to do it tomorrow. He asks you to do it today. Therefore, do it today. Therefore, start that process today. Therefore, allow those things to begin to be transformed in your heart and your life today. We'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. We'll deal with tomorrow, tomorrow. We're going to do it now. And we're going to make those choices now. Because God is here to help us and to grab our hand and say, come on, son. I got you. He's here to take us as we sit down with our father and open our box and begin to show him rocks. He's wanting to say, oh, son. Oh, son. I got so many better things for you than just a bunch of pile of rocks. I got true treasure that I want to shower you with, that I want to give you. I want your focus to be on me so that you can truly see and truly have the ability to see the big picture. I want you to choose me as your master because I'm a good master. I love you and I care for you and I'll take care of you. I want you to stop worrying because I got you. Because you're mine. man, it's hard. But where we're weak, God is strong. In our greatest weakness, our Father comes and he reaches down, he picks us up and goes, hey buddy, I got you. Let's go. Let's do this. And it's such a beautiful moment when we allow our dad to pick us up and to take us to places that we never could have gone on our own. That's what we need. That's what God wants to do in us. So we have choices. Choices that we have to make. And Jesus has laid it out here to help us to see the difference between these choices. I don't know about you, but I I don't want to be a worry ward anymore. I don't... I don't want to live my life in a, in a constant state of what ifs and, 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 and oh my goodness and, and this and that. I, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to straddle the fence anymore. I want to live my life in a way that says, God, I've given you it all. I trust you with all. If the worship team wants to come on up, we're going to close. And remember, as we've looked at all these things, and we've talked about this even more in depth earlier on, Jesus really here is talking about our hearts, where our hearts are, where, where those things are. And so what, what makes this interesting is the only people that really know where your heart is is, is you and, and Jesus. So you have to start looking at it and say, okay, now, now what am I going to do with what, what Jesus has presented? How, how am I going to, am I going to just basically let it go in one ear and out the other? Or am I going to allow this to be what Jesus always meant for it to be, which is a transformation process? And you go, but, but Aaron, I, I, uh, I don't know. It's like, it, it, it's literally like, sometimes when I read stuff like this, and 
how I feel in my heart. It's like Jesus has just basically said, okay, Aaron, you're, you're in Broomfield, Colorado. I, I want you to get to, you know, basically, um, you know, Moscow, Russia, and you got to walk. That's sometimes how I feel. And I'm like, oh my goodness, are you kidding me? You want me to walk? Okay. And so I'm like going, okay, like in my own mind, I'm going, okay, well, that's going to be tough, but I can do that. I can, uh, if I had to do that, if you said, you know, okay, so I begin my journey and I begin walking. And here's what's funny about that illustration. I can only go so far with my own strength and my own ability. You go, well, you could walk forever. No, you can't because there's this thing of, you know, it's kind of important. Now, if I go west, I'm eventually going to hit the Pacific Ocean. And if I travel east, I'm eventually going to hit the Atlantic. So basically, here's my problem. At some point or another, to do what God has called me to do and asked me to do, I'm going to have to walk on water. And there's only one man that I've ever known besides Jesus that's done it. And the only reason he did it was because Jesus said, come. Look, I know sometimes that the things we share and the things that Jesus share, it's it's like he's asking us to walk to Moscow. But here's what's so important that you catch. Jesus is the one that's told you to go. And if he's told you to go, he will help you and make a way, even if that means that at some point in time you're going to walk on water. But because sometimes we look and we see the water, we go, I can't do it. I can't make it. You're right. So this morning, what I believe Jesus is really asking us to do, because this is hard and this is big and this is like, ah, it's basically he's saying, listen, do you trust me enough to go on the journey, knowing that when you reach that water, you'll keep walking because I'll be with you. If you can do that, if we can trust like that, we can live this way. But we can't do it without him. So let's pray. Father, we come to you right now. And Father, as we look at our hearts, as you, through your Holy Spirit, begin to illuminate things deep inside of us, it's a simple question. Where's our heart? Who are we following? Where are our treasures at? Do we worry or do we trust? Do we look to you or do we look to our own strength? And Father, here's the deal. We can be doing so many of those things correctly, but sometimes just one of those things out of place can cause us issues. So Father, no matter if we need to allow you to rearrange everything or just deal with a specific thing, Father, I pray and I pray for me as well in my life. I open my heart to you to say, Father, you do whatever you need to do because I can't do this by myself. I know me. And sometimes I just don't trust And I need your help. And I know that that you could snap your fingers and make me be this way. But you know what? I've learned in my life that a lot of times you don't do that even though you could. You take us on a journey of transformation. Because it shows how much we need you. And it helps us to grow so much more. So Father, even if it's today for me, just a little bit of more trust and a little less worry, bring that about in my life with your help and your power and your goodness. Or whatever we're dealing with. 
But Father, let all of us as a family admit that we need help and allow you, who is the creator of all things, to come and begin to rearrange those things inside of us. Because God, you're good. You have good plans for us. And you want to do great things in us and through us. So, Father, allow us to open our hearts, not just in this moment, but this afternoon and later on this evening and tonight and and, and tomorrow. Always let us be open to the transformation that you want to do. These are choices, Father. It's one or the other. And help us to make the choices that you've asked us to make. Because you know what we need before we even ask. So we trust you. Even in this, knowing you've got us, knowing you have a plan, we love you and we thank you. Let's all stand.